This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'd like to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life was to marry my wife, whose birthday is today. Oh, happy birthday, Lane. Happy birthday, honey. The second smartest decision was having Clark Stakes, because it gives me an opportunity to learn from you, because learning is a two-way street. Remember, we have one mouth, two ears, and I love what you do in taking the time to share with me on Clark Stinks. Also, something that's great for you, reading. Reading is a lost art for so many people. can also be expensive, but how about being able to read what you want to by stealing? No, <laughs> legitimately being able to read for free. We're going to talk about that. Also want to mention you can still donate in our 32nd year of Clark's Christmas Kids, our campaign for children in foster care. You can see everything you need to know and how to donate at clarkschristmaskids.com. Without further ado, though, it is time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. What you got, Krista? We'll start up with a couple that are about end of life. Uh, I think you're doing a great disservice to your listeners if you don't encourage us to financially prepare for our death and burial. I know you do not believe in insurance for that purpose only, but it's necessary in many cases. In the same family members who always get the latest and super expensive phones, shoes, purses, etc., are the ones who make no preparation for the disposal of their bodies. I know a case where the funeral was delayed for two hours after the body was at the church because the family had not paid, and the funeral director, learning from past experience, would not release the body until they did. The family had to beg and borrow to complete the burial. Even with cremation it can be a burden. The stress and infighting it creates within the family is painful. Just as you encourage us to plan for retirement, I wish you would do the same for our departure. Ethy. Ethy, the pain in your words is completely clear. And the point you made about uh, where you talked about the people have the latest gadget, the latest this, that, and the other, uh, what you're talking about is a deeper issue. And it's people who spend everything they make they don't live on less than what they make and the issues at end of life because they haven't done the normal things of building savings accounts emergency funds things like that this is just the culmination the final body blow the thing with using insurance somebody who's uh wheezing financially may buy a death insurance policy uh, you know, one that pays for burial, burial policy, is they're referred to in parts of the country, uh, often will let that policy lapse anyway, and they won't have that coverage. I mean, really, this is a more fundamental issue about 
people preparing for life and for death and preparing for a rainy day. And the rainiest of all is the day you pass away. And so it's hard for me to recommend these burial policies because they're frightfully expensive for the benefit received. And they're part of a larger financial issue in somebody's life than the issue of burial. And the circumstance he raised was obviously a very painful one. I'm so glad to have found your podcast and have been learning a lot. I don't agree with you about not getting life insurance for kids, though. I know they don't make an income that would need to be replaced. I also know that if anything happened and I lost one of my kids, I would be oh. devastated and not going right back to work after my job generously, ha, gives me two days of bereavement pay. My policy through my job is less than $3 a paycheck to cover all five of my kids for $20,000 in coverage, Gina. Gina, I mean, at that price, how can I argue with that? Because you have that peace of mind for your children. My hope for you is that all five of your children outlive you. It is such a tragic event when a parent loses a child, you know. And I hate any time a parent has to say goodbye to a child. The, the pain of that Nothing incalculable. Worse. And so in your case, $3 a paycheck to not have to worry about that. How could I argue with that? I've heard you talk over and over about the large amount of prescriptions that are never picked up from the pharmacy. You always blame the cost of prescription meds. As a pharmacist, I can assure you there are many reasons prescriptions are not picked up. I worked in a community health clinic. For 90% of our patients, the cost of each prescription is $2 or less. Plus, we can waive the copay altogether if necessary. Even with these low or no prices, you can't imagine how many prescriptions are never picked up. I'm not sure where you get your information about the abandoned prescriptions, but I can assure you there are many reasons other than cost. I won't go into my snarky reasons why I personally think they are left behind. Michelle. Michelle, thank you. And I want to thank you for being a pharmacist, because pharmacists are so overworked right now, it's just terrible how difficult it is to be a pharmacist right now, the stress that you're under. And I appreciate your perspective on why people don't pick up prescriptions, that it is about things more than just necessarily money, which is a perspective I've not read about or heard about. So I appreciate your post. Clark raves about Costco and Sam's. I never hear him say only buy staples. Perishables are not good unless you can either freeze or eat them within a week. He is so penny conscious that he stinks. I've never seen a multimillionaire watch pennies like he does. You would think he wasn't sure where his next meal was coming from. Chris. <laughs> oh, you're sure where it's coming from. McDonald's. <laughs> Should I know how many points I have in my McDonald's app right oh, now? Oh, no. Nearly 30,000. All right. Do you want to just leave that one? No, I'm going to answer okay. it. Okay. So, yes, 100% true that buying perishables when your in-household consumption pattern doesn't support it is of no real value. You get 36 eggs instead of 12, and the eggs go bad before you've gotten much past 12, you obviously save no money. That's probably not a good example, but you get the idea. And so you're completely right as for why I am thrifty. It's just how I'm wired. And if you've never heard my backstory, it was because 
of something that happened to me as a teenager when my father lost his longtime job and I didn't realize that my parents had not been savers and the consequences of that. So maybe as so often happens, a lesson learned as a teen goes too far to the extreme, but I'm pretty comfortable about how cheap I am. What in the world are you buying at Costco? Costco food prices per ounce are not competitive. We shop there because my girlfriend wants organic this and gluten-free that. We moved to Colorado Springs recently and don't have Aldi or any other price-conscious grocer options. Why is that? And what in the name of Kirkland Signature are you buying besides razors, Ivan? Ivan, uh, the latest survey found that shopping at a traditional supermarket was 53% more expensive unit to unit, ounce to ounce, whatever measurement, than buying the equivalent groceries at Costco. And I'm surprised that you're not finding the groceries to be cheaper. We, just as with the prior statement, we don't buy perishable groceries at Costco because we travel a lot and they'd go bad. So you have to make that choice. As for Aldi not being in the springs yet, Aldi is the fastest growing supermarket in the United States. They're soon going to be the third largest supermarket in the United States. And if they're not there yet, they'll get there. Clark has said in the past that you should read the customer reviews and not just look at the number of stars an item has. However, after I bought a dog collar at Amazon the other day, I received a card in the mail from the selling company offering to send me a $20 Amazon gift card if I wrote a good review. I think that makes the written reviews just as tainted as the one to five stars. Bert. Bert, thank you. Uh, and I, I addressed recently the ethical issues that Amazon is having right now. This obviously fits in there. Amazon says with a straight face that they will ban a seller who does exactly this. But I don't know that anybody is being banned for sending these bounties. Now, Krista, The Amazon truck is at your house six times a day. How many of these offers are you or your husband getting? My husband, it's like actually my husband's account, so I don't know. But he ignores them, I'm sure, like if he does get them. So it's all under his name, so I don't don't see it. Am I telling the truth six truck stops? No. (laughs) You say that all the time. All right, let's see. Clark, you don't stink, but your answers would be more helpful if they were more specific. For example, you said, unless you're a high income earner, the mortgage deduction is not that valuable. This was less helpful than it could have been because I had no idea what you considered to be a high earner. Paige. Paige, thank you. I I can get real specific. It's based on income tax brackets. So I'll give you the new income tax brackets right now, not in full detail, just what you need to know as far as what would make somebody a high income earner. So really, till you get to the 32% tax bracket, that's where the mortgage interest deduction really is not of value. So 32% for a single individual starts at $182,000 a year income. For a married couple, $364,000 in income. We're talking about really wealthy people here. So below those thresholds, again, 364000 as a couple and 182 as a single individual. If you're earning less than that, the mortgage interest deduction really is not significantly valuable, particularly because as your income moves lower, the standard deduction really negates so much of whatever benefit there would have been anyway 
from the interest you're paying on a mortgage. Your suggestions are great, except for the part when you say to keep paper copies of your bank and credit card details. Their statements, I think it's yeah. what they meant. This, I think, is not needed as you can go back and print them if needed or better just store a paper copy. If all of us started doing this, can you imagine the amount of paper being wasted and the trees being cut? We have one planet and we should try our best to save it. Small things make a difference. You do an excellent job. Please keep it up, Raul. Raul, thank you. So my obsession with paper statements is probably in the extreme category because I'm so worried about a state actor trying to bring down our banking system and messing up the records. I mean, that's one of the areas with the credit cards, though, I really like for you to have paper statements so you can refer back, make sure somebody, oh, they didn't, they charged me for that two months ago, and here they are charging me again for the same thing. Paper statements make it much easier the way we process information to find errors on our bills, find duplicate bills, that sort of thing. So it really is for two different reasons that I'm so into paper statements, and I'm not anti-tree at all. While you do not stink, you continually neglect my child. You mentioned your favorite children, Costco, BJ's, and Lidl. But in the West, we have a great chain of stores called Winco, and I choose it over Walmart and Costco. I go to Walmart and Costco, but the prices are the same for smaller quantities than you can get at Costco. And the meat is not dyed like red like it is at Walmart. Thanks for all you do, Michael. Michael, I love Winco Foods. And Winco Foods has been spreading across the West. They're now in Southern California, becoming a bigger and bigger player. You ever been in a Winco? I haven't. It's employee-owned, and uh, they run great stores. They're big stores. The prices are really good. They are an important, significant player, both in the quality and the pricing they offer. So how about that? I love it. So it's not one of my favorite children because... They're not available where I live, but they are a really good provider of groceries. So now there you have it. So sometime when we're traveling around the country for work, I'm going to make you go with me to a Winco because you still laugh about going in convenience stores with me and me talking about all the minutia about what makes them work and doesn't work. We have so many travel stories over the years. Yes. It's been fun. Okay, so reading used to be referred to as reading is fundamental, but now people aren't just, they're into reading short things on their phone, but they're not reading deep. They're not reading books. They're not reading for enjoyment. They're not reading. They're not. I mean, book sales are way down, I promise. Okay. So I have a bribe for you coming up, how you can read books for free and have it be legal to do so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I made a decision that Krista's been upset with me for the last eight years 
that after over the decades writing 10 books, I had wonderful co-authors involved with my books, published 10, and was so fortunate that people really liked what we were writing. We batted 300, if you think of baseball. Three were New York Times bestsellers. One was number one. And then I stopped after 10 books. And I stopped because I saw people's habits had changed so much. They weren't buying books like they did before. They weren't reading books. That people, particularly people under 35, were just into ultra short form. And what I've found is that people are missing a lot of times bigger picture things and missing the enjoyment. Like if you read a book for leisure, a, a novel or a fiction title, that they're missing some wonderful ways to relax, that we have a hard time disconnecting from these devices. At the same time, the devices are with us all the time. So we have an opportunity now that is spreading, and that is the ability for you to still be addicted to your device, but use it as a way to read a book, and now more and more ways to read that book for free. And so this is taking the way that we are doing things now and taking something that has been around for hundreds of years and marrying them together in a format that maybe will get you enticed into reading a book. And if you can give up the Apple orbit and you get a phone like mine that becomes a tablet, starts off as a phone, opens up, and you have a tablet in your hand, even the better. And we're going to see a lot more of those introduced from various manufacturers over the next couple of years. And then in about four years, Apple will decide that this is the form factor they should do. And then everybody will go out and get them who has an iPhone. But the point is, there are so many sources now where you can get books for free. And I've got a long list. I can't name them all here because that would be crazy. But I've got a long list on Clark.com that you can see sources where you can find free ebooks online. And if you're in Amazon's orbit and you're a Kindle owner, there's a huge number of books you can get free as an Amazon person. You're a Prime member, you got constant ebooks that are available to you for free. So this is an opportunity for you to read. And Krista, when I said just a couple of minutes ago, I caught out of the corner of my eye when I said people aren't reading anymore. You were so distressed. Well, I, I think books. a lot of people do read, but they also listen to books, which is a great thing. If you're walking, you can listen to a book. And you said for leisure, which is true, but also I read tons of nonfiction books because an article can't get into the depth that a longer book can if you're interested in learning about a subject or figuring out more. I mean, I... So that it's upsetting to me, but I also just want to give a shout out. I know you make fun of me with Amazon, but the Kindle Paperwhite, the lighting on that device for reading the great. is fantastic. And it really, at night, it doesn't give out those, the bad light that prevents you from sleeping. And so I love my Kindle Paperwhite and you can get library books on there. And we explain all of that in our article, um, but it's, it's a fantastic device. As busy as you are, you still find time to read dozens of books a year. 
Uh, I do. I read at night before I go to bed. That's my time to read. So are you past 100 books a year these no, days? No, I wish. No. But you, several dozen mm-hmm. you read every Yeah, year. for sure. And if you surveyed the typical person, I bet you'd find most people have not read a full book in the last year. Mm. Things have really changed with that. Yeah. So what you got for me? Okay, we'll go to questions. David in Colorado, he says, I recently got divorced and one item left outstanding is a loan for a camper trailer. I kept the camper as part of the divorce settlement, but the title and loan are both in both my name and my ex-wife's. I understand the only way to get her name off the title and the loan for the camper is to pay off the loan then do the title paperwork. The loan balance is approximately $14,000. I could pay off the loan using my emergency fund balance, but I would have little left in that account. Or I have researched the option of using a loan from my retirement fund. I'd called my advisor and he recommended against using a loan from my retirement fund and instead recommended paying off the loan using funds from my emergency account. And considering the available retirement loan option is my new emergency fund. What are your thoughts on this idea of using a loan from my retirement plan as a backup? Okay, couple of things here. One, I agree with your financial advisor that that's the right strategy. Then that instead of holding on to your emergency fund and doing the loan, that the loan becomes the backup if you don't have time to replenish your emergency fund to where you need to. But there's a step zero before you would even proceed with what the financial advisor is recommending. And that is, you don't want to pay off this $14,000 if you don't have a separate agreement in writing in writing with your ex-spouse that this camper becomes yours. Imagine the pain in your wallet if you pay this off and then she won't sign the title over to you. Well, he says, I kept the camper as part of the divorce settlement. So hopefully But the that's... title is in both names. Yeah. Okay. So you got to make sure she'll really sign it over because, okay, all the time over the years, we've dealt with situations where the divorce agreement says this, but there's loan documents, there's paperwork. So anything that happened before the divorce is a contract with a different party. For example, that loan takes precedence over whatever's in the divorce decree. So you just want to make sure she's comfortable signing it over once you pay off this loan, getting rid of your emergency fund. But please, whatever you can every month, like clockwork, put money back in that emergency fund every month to replenish it. Susan in North Carolina says, which would be better for the money, a Chromebook or a tablet? I own an Android phone. I like to play spades, use email, general internet, and reading books. Can't we have both? Okay, (laughs) so here's what I would do, Susan. I'd buy a two-in-one Chromebook. They now are very common. Gosh, during Black Friday, there were really nice ones for under $200 that have a nice keyboard and they both will do Android apps, and they will work as a Chromebook laptop. So you have, they're called two-in-ones, and they do work. Some apps are not optimized to work in the tablet format that you have on an Android tablet, but most will work fine, will optimize fine on a two-in-one Chromebook. 
and the deals just keep on rolling on with the laptops, the Windows laptops, the MacBooks. MacBooks the cheapest they've ever been, and with the Chromebooks. But just do some reading. Go to like uh, PC World or whatever um, CNET. Just read what they're talking about about the best two-in-one Chromebooks for the money, and you'll find something that'll be a good deal. I like buying a Chromebook with eight, is it gigs or megs? Uh, eight megabits of RAM. I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> instead of four. Most of them are four. You'll find much better performance at eight. I also love this tablet that I use for the show, and it came with, I got it at Costco, and it came as a bonus with a keyboard that I can attach and detach and but that's a five hundred dollar device. Well, this is a really big one, but they have cheaper ones. But the, with the keyboard attached, it's just that one at Costco. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know what they have now. I bought this a while ago, like a few months ago. But I, I love just it. looked at them. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the one you have is the one that comes with the keyboard. Okay. I find it to be very nice. Okay. It is very nice, but I, you know, I use mine principally as a computer and only secondarily as a tablet. Okay. Mindy in Idaho says, Aloha, I have some rental in another state, Hawaii, and a short-term rental in Idaho. Should I establish an LLC for these rentals? I did invest in umbrella insurance a year ago after listening to you. However, not because of the rentals, but because of my 15-year-old son, who has had me nervous since he could walk, LOL. (laughs) I feel you, Mindy. I got one of those, too. Yeah, so, Mindy, you got two things here. All right, so the LLC is a great idea. And you'd have one for each property. You don't put both in the same LLC. So you'd have uh, one for the property in Hawaii and one for the property in Idaho. Since you live in Idaho, generally you could form both in Idaho, but one of them be for the property in Hawaii. That sounds weird, but you can do that. And that is an additional issue versus having the general umbrella policy. You obviously have, uh, are now having to pay the success tax. You have built up assets. You built up some amount of wealth, having these rental properties and whatever else. Having the umbrella policy is great. And the umbrella policy can, depending on your insurer, can work as well on the properties you would place in the LLC. So uh, first, you should consider setting up the two LLCs, and second, make sure your insurer is on board at continuing coverage through the umbrella of the properties in the LLC. Usually they have no issue with that if it's simple ownership. You're the person who owns the umbrella. You're the person who owns the LLCs. You should be just fine. And That was said by a Mm non-lawyer and a non-insurance broker. Yes, true. But we've been down this road a lot on the LLCs. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And by the way, during the Clark Stinks, if there was something you thought of, well, I got this thing that's my beef with Clark, please take time to write it down. Go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post where you feel I could do a better job at serving you and serving your fellow listener. Appreciate it so much. And if you are enjoying our podcast, take time to post a review of it so that other people are aware of it as well. Have a great day. Oh, and happy birthday, Lane.